0: <laughs> this, this, this <laughs> I'm not even sure I can do it now. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, I I think without a doubt we selected the movie that can anchor our rating scale.
1: Grave robbers from outer space.
2: That was the opening music to Plan 9 from Outer Space. And uh, you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews. Uh, And you can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net or in iTunes or Facebook. Just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from the Seattle area today.
0: And I'm Bob Johnson uh, on location in Los Angeles using my cell service, so I hope everything works out okay. Plan 9 from Outer Space. It was... uh, Released in July of 1959 by uh, Valiant Pictures. And uh, it, the production company was Reynolds Pictures. And the director was Ed Wood. And I don't know, Matt, if you saw the movie Ed Wood that Johnny Depp played the uh, Ed Wood character. came out, I guess, maybe 10 years ago. And it was a kind of a biography of his life.
2: I haven't seen it. I have not seen that yet, but after watching this movie, I'm definitely going to watch uh, that movie.
0: Well, when I went to that movie because I wanted to know more about Ed Wood, I didn't realize the significance of the uh, work that Ed put together on his films until we watched Plan 9 from, <laughs> from Outer Space. But now I.
2: Uh, the deep and broad impact that this, this work had on the film industry, yes, right? Yeah, exactly. It,
0: yeah. it changed everything. <laughs> it really is. Uh So uh, it's one of many science fiction movies. I think he made several. Where to begin with this, eh? Uh, well, there's, f- so, there's
2: so much to talk about. I mean, there's the editing, there's the set design, there's the uh, acting, there's the, di- the the script, the the special effects. I mean, it's just it's just just so many things to talk about. The music. There-
0: There really is. I guess the the place for me to begin is the opening narration by Criswell. Now Criswell, aside from the fact he had great hair with that curl, was very popular uh, on television in the 1950s and I read about him and he made wild predictions that were never that never came true. He didn't have any that ever were correct. He didn't even pretend to be that way, but wasn't his opening something? And his closing.
2: Yeah, his opening. And then he would have, like, little pieces of dialogue throughout the film, too. Like, he was narr- he was narrating the film. <laughs> yes,
0: it is, it is. he was. A, he was the good friend of Ed Wood. He may have done this as a volunteer. Oh, well. I don't know that. Maybe. Now, there was quite a cast of uh, actors in our movie. And I'm doing everything I can to hold it together here. <laughs> uh, Bela Lugosi. Bela Bella Lugosi was in this film three years after he was dead. <laughs> That's right. Which is remarkable in itself. And then there was uh, Gregory Wal- Walcott, who played Jeff Trent, the pilot, who had a very successful career in television, and Lyle Talbot, who had a, both a, a, a motion picture career, as General Roberts, he had a brief cameo role in this this film. I assume they were paid for their time because this had a very large budget of sixty thousand
2: dollars. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's right, yeah, very large. Oh, and wow. it shows all every single cent shows on the screen. Yeah, in more ways than one, right? <laughs> right.
0: Well, I'd like to begin with this opening, written by Harry and Michael Medved who dubbed the film, and I quote, the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and it, uh, both Wood and his film were posthumously awarded two of Medved's Golden Turkey Awards as the worst director ever and the worst film, respectively. So that sort of summarizes what at least one critic thought of the film.
2: I think that's pretty accurate, yeah yeah. I haven't
0: looked at all the films ever made, but uh, of the ones I have, this is in the bottom quartile for sure. <laughs> well it definitely yeah.
2: makes hardware look like a good film so maybe that's why they gave hardware a good film uh, rating. <laughs> they were they were comparing it to plan nine from outer space. Oh boy
0: well, we wanted to anchor our, our ratings with something beyond. Eight, nine, and ten-rated films, and I—I I think we've been successful in that uh, endeavor.
2: It's almost like—I mean—the the thing that made me laugh so hard about this movie. It's almost like they just didn't give a shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, th- there's so many. Uh, well, uh, I'll just randomly go through some of my highlights. There were there were sections of the film where Bella Lugosi was walking around and you actually knew it was him because it was from another film that Ed Wood made in 1956, but it never got made into a final movie. But then when it comes to the uh, ghoul that Bell Lugosi has become in the 1959 film, this film, you never see the guy's face. It, it, it was another actor who was so well thought of, he was uncredited in the movie. They don't even... <laughs> he's like... I looked him up. I had to kind of search around. Tom Mason, as the Ghoul Man with cape over his face, <laughs> is supposed to be Bella Lagosa running around in that uh, graveyard. So that's that's one highlight for me. Another is when the pilots are flying their DC six into Burbank, and uh, their steering wheels, their their their, ro- their uh, control wheels, are wood. They're made out of wood that's <laughs> that's rounded off at the top and painted gray. I thought that was nice. Uh, I I will stop now because I don't want to start cracking up.
2: No, the 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 spaceships, the the way the spaceships were done was hilarious. Oh, they were! It was like Independence Day all over again. <laughs> and then and then. <laughs> There's supposed to there's a scene where they're supposed to be at the graveyard and they walk in and you can see their shadow being projected onto the black curtain or wall behind them. So it's so <laughs> obvious that they're just in a studio. It's just like they didn't even try to try to make it look good. Okay,
0: I could just hear Ed Wood. We're going to do this
2: movie in three days, so get ready. <laughs> and then the editing made absolutely no sense. Like they would do cuts and you would be so confused about where they were and yes. what they were doing and what it was just oh god it was it was so awful and then yep. the dialogue the dialogue was <laughs> oh there was a there was a speech there was a speech by the leader of the aliens and he was talking about why they were needing to invade earth heroes
0: the earth people are getting closer to that which we fear since they will not listen or respect our existence, they cannot help but believe our powers when they see their own dead walking round again, brought about by our advancement and such things. As soon as you have enough of the dead recruits, march them on the capitals of the Earth. Let nothing stand in your way. Their own dead will be used to make them accept our existence
2: and believe in that fact. It, it made no sense. He was. Just, I felt like he was just <laughs> putting words together. <laughs> <laughs> That spaceship was really
0: well done, too. You could tell that the door opened and closed by somebody behind there opening and closing it manually. Oh, uh, (laughs) I'm going to lose it. When I was watching this in my office, uh, Nancy was down at the other end of the house, and all I could do was laugh. I, I I lost it. She comes in and she said, what in the world are you watching? I thought it was a science fiction movie. And I said, "Well, it's far more than that." <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, it's amazing. Uh, the other nice feature was uh, when they were in the graveyard and they came out of that little mausoleum.
2: Uh-huh.
0: It looked like it was a uh, plywood wall with a door, and it was like one of those circus things where the clowns come out of the Volkswagen. Yeah, all right, these like... people are coming out of this <laughs> little tiny mausoleum.
2: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> How could they all be in there? Oh, man. Oh, well, uh, there was another, there was a, so it was uh, Bela Lugosi, but then his supposed wife had died, and then because his wife had died, he was all depressed, and his wife was played by a woman named Malia Nurmi, who was also known as Vampira, and yeah. she had, like, no lines. All, all she did was sort of like wander aimlessly through this graveyard set, and they would cut to her every once in a while. <laughs> it was like, what she, the hell? She,
0: she had long nails and a lot of lipstick.
2: Yeah, but uh, apparently she was sort of the, uh, she's described as the original glamour ghoul herself, vampira of late night 1950s television.
0: Yeah, I must um, admit, I never saw her on TV. I, I don't know. Maybe I was watching Son of Sven Gulli or something.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that show in Chicago. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's on now with his son actually doing it. So the, the uh, poster for the movie is nice. Uh, it has a space person that actually looks like a real science fiction character, like from Forbidden Planet. I mean, it's very well done. I think the half the budget was on the poster.
2: Oh, yeah. the I poster really The poster is awesome. Um, like the, the idea of this movie is actually not that bad. Like aliens coming back, coming to earth and, and reanimating corpses and having the corpses yeah. like attack people is kind of a good science fiction idea, but it couldn't have been handled in a more like terrible <laughs> way.
0: The, the, the wording on the poster, indescribable horrors from outer space, paralyze the living and resurrect the dead. Plan 9 from Outer Space. I could see this being done by a director today with effects and all. It might be pretty good. Might have to change the name, though, to protect the innocent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I never saw this movie in the theater. I had an opportunity to go, but I guess Better Judgment took over in Boulder, and I didn't go because they were running these campy sci-fi movies at the student center. Oh uh
2: do we and want to go through the plot or
0: do we uh, care what if, the plot if we is? could
2: even figure it out like I think I just described it basically the poster describes it.
0: <laughs> yeah does
2: uh, The I lead mean, alien
0: was uh, was something to behold the the kind of the supervisor of the whole alien crew. I'd never seen him before, but I was like, who is this guy?
2: Well in that in that scene that I mentioned where he was talking about why they needed to invade Earth. I swear he was reading like a prompt card uh, of his dialogue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then, oh and then all the police officers they were standing around like don't they don't they have something they can do? To, I mean they were just kind of lounging at the cars and they Nobody send, ever they, they ran away. Guy, no. Nobody ever
2: ran away from the the ghouls either. They, they were slow moving but it's like they would just sit there and scream or you know like as they got attacked.
0: I meant to look up the uh, the background on the uh, actor that played the ruler, the chief alien, John Breckenridge. I'm, I'm wondering now if he had a long and fulfilling career in Ed Wood movies. I, I'm, I'm I'm tempted to watch a couple more Ed Wood movies just to, just to kind of get a comparison. I don't think we'll do a a number of podcasts on him though.
2: He's this I, is the only movie he was in. <laughs> Is that right? He, wow. He got, it says he got the role of the ruler in Plan 9 from Outer Space because he was a house guest of Paul Marco at the time of the, f- the film was shooting, as was David Mering, who played co-pilot Danny. A serious auto accident prevented Breckenridge from getting a, long f- a longed-for sex change operation in Mexico. Huh. Plan wow. 9 was his only screen appearance.
0: Oh, okay. Well, he was, later, for he, was, that up.
2: he was later portrayed by Bill Murray in the Tim Burton film, Ed Wood.
1: Oh,
0: okay. You're going to have to watch that movie. Now that you've seen the uh, quality of the productions he put together, you're going to love the way he did. I mean, it was like, bang, bang, bang. We're going to do this, 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 and then off they went to the next part. I don't really think they had a, a quality aspect to it, more than, let's get it done.
2: It, it It's just, I don't even know, like, how to properly describe my feelings about the fact that I just really don't feel like they really cared.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the plot is pretty straightforward. This other planet is sending people to different planets, and they come to Earth as one of their ventures, and they want to repopulate Earth, Well, first of all, they can't get along with Earth because we don't understand what they're trying to do and we keep trying to defend ourselves. And so they come up with this plan to turn dead people into ghouls and then that's how they would take over the Earth. I think that's kind of the plot.
2: Well, because they were afraid that uh, the Earthlings were getting too reckless with their weapons development and at some point in the near future they were going to figure out how to explode light Then your scientist stumbled upon the atom bomb, split the atom. Then the
3: hydrogen bomb, where you actually explode the air itself. Now it brings the total destruction of the entire universe, served by our sun. The only explosion left is the solar monite. Why, there's no such thing, perhaps to you, but we've known it for centuries. Your scientists will stumble upon it as they have all the others. But the juvenile minds which you possess... will not comprehend its strength until it's too late. You're way above our heads. The solomonite is a way to explode the actual particles of sunlight. Why, that's impossible. Even now, your scientists are working on a way to harness the sun's rays. The rays of sunlight are minute particles. Is it so far from your imagination they cannot do as I have suggested? Why a particle of sunlight can't even be seen or measured. Can you see or measure an atom? Yet you can explode one. A ray of sunlight is made up of many atoms. So what if we do develop this solarite bomb? We'd be even a stronger nation than now. Stronger. You see? You see? Your stupid minds. Stupid! Stupid! That's all I'm taking from you. Get back here, you go! <laughs>
0: Yeah, yes, which <laughs> I wasn't quite sure how that worked, but that plot point right there is very much like uh, the day the earth stood still.
2: Oh, totally. Like from that's I really 1952. That's a super common science fiction theme, right? Like the earth is getting too powerful and reckless and the aliens are going to have to come down and like put them straight, you know. I think there was even yeah. a start. there was even like a Star Trek episode about that. Oh, I bet there
0: was! I bet there was indeed, and the uh, the
2: acting by the two
0: aliens, as as well as the third alien, the ruler, was outstanding. I think they were reading their lines like off of like you say, big prompt cards off screen. Um, and I don't know that I've seen any of these other people in movies after this, other than Gregory Walcott. Lyle Talbot, and of course, Criswell.
2: Criswell. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: oh, well. Uh... There
2: was, okay, so I will say there were a couple times during the movie where I thought, huh, that's actually not bad. So I thought the one ghoul, the really big, bald guy, was actually f- pretty freaky looking. Like,
0: oh, in, yes. In
2: a different movie with like actual good plot and directing and whatnot, I think that he could be pretty great uh
0: i was there... i was yeah i was just gonna look his name is tor johnson for all i know it may be a relative from duluth who flew in you know
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah
0: that, yeah he wasn't bad no he wasn't bad
2: he was in a bunch of like these really low budget uh movies the the beast of yucca flats night of the ghouls uh those are two that i've heard of Did you get a
0: chance to see that list I sent you of the ten worst movies I found? Seven of ten of them were science fiction movies. I don't have it in front of me now, but there were some dandy titles. It was about two or three weeks ago I sent you a list, and it also included Howard the Duck. Remember Howard the Duck? Oh,
2: Howard the Duck, (laughs) yeah. And
0: then the uh, Caligula, which it turned out was made by the – publisher of penthouse it was uh, it was so bad that roger ebert walked out on it which is really rare for well, somebody to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: like I'd, so, i life's too short i can't watch the rest of this film. <laughs> so, so take a look at that list you may see other
0: other selected films that you might like to review all of them bad
2: well i mean we maybe we'll do a couple more of these uh movies but listen to this for tor johnson Rotund, it says, rotund, bald-headed actor who played menacing roles in grade Z horror movies <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> or sci-fi such as, <laughs> that's what this is. It's a grade Z. <laughs> now I've lost it. <laughs> it was 25 levels below an A film. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right, actually. Yeah, that's about right. Oh, help, help. Wow,
0: did he do a lot of these, do you think? That well, saved? he was
2: in quite a few films, yeah. I
0: think two or three that you mentioned were on my list that I sent to you. So if you ever have a, a hankering, as we say, to check out a couple more of these doozies, <laughs> we can do that. There was another one that uh, Bill Cosby made in the 80s that was... On my list, there was Howard the Duck, and then there was. Uh, oh, I guess I've forgotten it right now, but it made the it, t- it made my ten list. List of ten. <laughs> so, uh, well, all turns out okay in this, as far as we know, but you're never sure if they're going to come back. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there was one other. Th- there was one other scene that I thought was pretty good, but it w- it wasn't really the scene. It was the music. Um, I thought the music was probably the best part of the film. Um, there was a scene where I think the aliens were kind of making their big push with attacking the people at the house or whatever. I f- I forget the exact scene or why they were doing it, but uh, there was some pretty good menacing music, and I thought, wow, whoever did the music probably cared. It-
0: Remember that it was they were out in the patio. Uh, Jeff Trent and his wife Paula, along with uh, I think it was Lieutenant John Harper, played by Duke Moore, and then the aliens appeared.
2: Yeah, that that was the well, same. Or the it,
0: ghouls appeared. I'm not. And sure. it was uh, it the was the
2: uh, it was the vampire ghoul that was supposed to be Bella Lugosi came up and and then said something or or I forget what he was going on exactly. It's hard to remember any details about this movie because it was just so meaningless like (laughs) but but yeah that (laughs) that was not bad
0: i'm looking for another positive i thought they did pretty well the uh death of the ghouls when they'd unwrap you know they'd throw the cape back and it was a skeleton
2: yeah that was kind of cool that was pretty good i kind of like that idea
0: another uh favorite part of the movie is lieutenant john harper's careful gun handling remember he had a 38 revolver And in one of the early scenes, he's twisting that around and pointing it at people as he's talking. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're pointing it at one of the officers and talking to them. I mean, wow. Wow. Or
2: or similar to that, when they were controlling that one giant ghoul that was played by Tor Johnson, and they brought him back to the spaceship, and then somehow their controller gun malfunctioned, and then the ghoul started attacking one of the uh, aliens, and then... The, the gun dropped on the ground and then it broke the connection. I thought, this is so bad. It's just so bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, well, you know, he made a career of these movies. Can you quickly look up uh, how many films Ed Wood did? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it was quite a few. All of them
2: uh, memorable uh, yeah, there were a lot. Holy smokes! Revenge of the Virgins.
0: Wow, never saw that one.
2: The night the banshee cried. Bride Ooh. of Bride of the Monster.
0: I think I've seen
2: that one. Oh, Orgy of the Dead. That might be one we should watch. I've heard about that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. I've All actually right. wanted
2: to watch that cuz I heard it's just as bad as Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, Maybe we should we should probably take a break from
0: these or we'll we'll, we'll lose control of ourselves. <laughs> of Dan. Oh, wow. so he made quite a few. Did he ever make a movie that we would say, "Oh yeah, that was a really high budget, uh, high profile film?"
2: uh, well, high profile, I think that would be this one.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's the wrong term, isn't it?
2: But I don't recognize it other than this one. And that one I just mentioned, I don't recognize any of these others.
0: Yeah. It's it's interesting because they've been on Turner classic movies, doing some movies of another low budget director of science fiction films, whose name escapes me right now, but he really did nice jobs on, on those. I think he, uh, made several of them. I wish I could remember his name. It's uh, Corman or... Roger Roger Corman. Roger Corman, yeah, not not Harvey Corman. Roger Corman. And there's a guy that really turned out some really good uh, films at a low budget.
2: Yeah, those... Yeah, he's he's actually made some really good movies. Um, We might consider reviewing some of those, actually. The
0: host of Turner Classic Movies had him on and and asked uh, Mr. Corman if he would ever undertake a high-budget, high-profile movie, and he said, well, yeah, I might, but I'd have to have complete control, and that's really hard to do, because aside from, like, a James Cameron or a Steven Spielberg, there aren't too many directors that have the clout to be able to pull that off. That's why he liked doing these, these other movies, but anyway, maybe we can do one of his movies. It, it would, it would kind of center our scale. I almost hate to ask you this question, but here goes.
2: <laughs> drum, draw, drum roll. <laughs>
0: what, what was your rating on our 1 to 10 scale for Plan 9 from Outer wow. Space?
2: Well, I never thought I was going to give this rating, but I feel like I have to. I, I have to give it a 1.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what I gave it to, uh, a 1 also. So... The next closest film that we've reviewed, I think we gave a four to, and I don't remember the title of it. So we've been successful at getting a better distribution on our sample
2: uh, for entertainment val- <laughs> for entertainment value of just like laughing at how bad it is. I'd probably give it a four.
0: <laughs> oh, for oh, for yes, I would like to see it on a double feature: this movie and about four Roadrunner cartoons.
2: Yeah, there you go. Now that
0: would be an afternoon of. Fun and frivolity, uh,
2: or, or something, or not? I don't know if I'd want to watch not. it again. <laughs> not, you know, <laughs> I, uh,
0: I don't think. Have we just? De- I don't know that we've decided our our next podcast what we should do, or did we? And I forgot.
2: No, I don't think we did. Um,
0: this one was so mind numbing, I I lost track. Well, why don't we just say that we're going to do a Harvey a <laughs> Harvey <laughs> <Korman>. <laughs> Back from the Carol Burnett Show. <laughs> Why do I forget his first name? Roger. Roger Corman. Why don't we just say we're going to do a podcast of a Roger Corman film?
2: Well, we'll have to. Uh, oh, The Man with the X-Ray Eyes. Oh, that's a Oh, Ray Moland. That's a good one. Is that is that Ray Moland? Yeah, he was. Uh, Roger Corman oh, was a producer on that one. Let's do that one. That's a really good movie. I love that movie. That movie freaked yep. me out as a kid. I was like, oh, my God. Yep.
0: We went to see that in a matinee. Freaked me out. Just shows you what can happen when science goes wrong.
2: Yeah, let's do that one.
0: Okay, The Man with the X-Ray Eyes.
2: 1963, directed by Roger Corman uh, and starring Ray Milland. Ray
0: Milland, yeah. Yeah.
2: All right, that's, oh, Don Rickles is in it. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Really? Yeah. Uh, of course, he, he, you know, he did some serious
0: roles, that's for sure. All right, well, we're set for our next podcast. I All can right. hardly wait. We're <laughs> going to really get this rating scale in balance. <laughs>
2: that's right.
0: <laughs> A proper distribution, statistically speaking. All right. Uh, well, shall we uh, conclude our, our review for this time?
2: So that's uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. That happened. Uh, wow, thanks did it ever. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. This is Matt Johnson coming to you from Seattle.
0: And Bob Johnson from Los Angeles wishing you all happy movie watching. Uh, I wonder
3: if that's the last we'll see of them. Perhaps. But sooner or later, there'll be others. Look. Oh! Have they caught that woman? That thing yet? Hey, that's right. There's another ghoul running loose. And it's my guess that she'll look like him. With the ship and the ray gun gone, they have no control. We got to hand it to them, though they—they're far ahead of us. Fire out!
1: Fire out! My friend, you have seen this incident based on sworn testimony. Can you prove that it didn't happen? Perhaps on your way home, someone will pass you in the dark, and you will never know it, for they will be from outer space. Many scientists believe that another world is watching us this moment. We once laughed at the horseless carriage, the aeroplane, the telephone, the electric light, vitamins, radio, and even television. And now, some of us laugh at outer space. God help us in the future.